Stargazers, Episode 1, Forged by Fate Ladies, don't do those things, I know they don't, but then summer winds can, and the fire that warms you can burn in your hand. We'll meet on the hilltops, and when we are through, we'll tend to your hearts as we've promised to do. Just don't ask too much, my good Stephen, you hardly said two words at the Landlord's Council. Aidan seemed interested, but this will be your task once I am gone and you become Duke of Yalding. You need to be more assertive and pay attention. I never understood why we even bothered to go to those meetings. They have the same complaints every season. It has not rained enough for our crops. Make it rain and we'll pay our taxes. You must think I speak with the Almighty on a regular basis. Your head is always in the clouds, Stephen. Surely you could make it start or stop raining if you wanted to. Father, what is to be done about the lords who do not pay their taxes this season? Then it shall be paid along with the next seasons, and if they cannot pay it then, we will do what is necessary to enforce the law. Now I am tired, and if we leave now, we will be home again before nightfall. Well there, easy girl. Steady now. I'm just going to get another... <laughs> Stephen! What is wrong with Rhiannon's mare? I'm not sure, Father. Maybe one of her shoes came off? If I may, my lords. Speak. Thank you, my lord. If there's something amiss with your mare, Briar can sort it out for you. She's got a way with horses, see. Strange lass, but... She'll have your mare ride his rein, and can shot it too if you ask her nice. Ask her nice? Father! Can you take us there? Were I able to get so far, my lord, I would gladly. But Cedric can take you to her. He was about to fetch his wares from her when she said. I was indeed, my lords. If you are ready, I'll take you now. Let us go, then. I want to get home to a real meal and a proper bed. Peasant, what wares are you retrieving from this briar? My tools for my trade were damaged in the last raid, my lord. Angus taught his daughter all he knew, and she has learned a great deal on her own. She makes things look so... Well, they have their usefulness, and a woman's touch to please the eye. Other than the fact that she is a woman and a blacksmith, what makes her so special? You all speak as though she was some great wonder. Ah, young master, that is a tale I know full well. Scribes have yet to write a tale like hers. Where shall I begin? Once upon a time... Quiet! Maria can see stars, and nothing else. Her father, Angus, was the blacksmith for our village, and her mother, Myra, died in childbirth. Brea was very fond of her father, and the stories he told of the stars... 
He said that each one was the spirit of a person in this life, and the brighter ones are of heroes that are still remembered today. To this day, she can still be found staring up at them, whispering, so we have called her Brea Stargazer ever since. You said she could only see stars. You mean to say she is blind? If that is the case, how is it possible that she knows the stars or that she knows anything else for that matter? "'Twas raiders that had come to the village that caused Brea to lose her sight, my lord. She was eleven. They had set fire to her home and wounded her father. Because she had caused her father alarm, they brought Brea in front of Angus, took a steel bar from the fire, holding it so close to her eyes that it burned without actually touching her. Her scream sounded the alarm to the rest of the village, and when we got here, the damage had been done. There are no scars on her eyes, and though her hearing is keen, she cannot see save for the stars, she says. Angus survived for about three months, though not able to work as long or as hard as he used to due to his wounds being infected. All the leeches and poultices in the world couldn't stop the insidiously slow mortality of those wounds. In what time he had left, he taught Brea how to fold and meld the metal by the sounds they made with each strike. Soon she became attuned to the different pitches of the hammer strike, the heat that fires needed to be, and the feel of the horse's hoofs when she shod them. Angus passed not long after their home was finished being rebuilt. And what manner of maid is she? Shrewd as a man, or mild as a woman should be? I will let you decide for yourself, my lord. Freya! Cedric, you're early. But I think they should be cool enough to carry. Who... who's with you? Are you horses in chainmail? You... you've brought a noble of some sort. I've paid my taxes already. We have a horse that will not let my brother ride. We were told you can help us. She is blind, not deaf, Aiden. Will you kindly take a look at... I mean, see to... Um, I mean, could you find the problem with my daughter's horse? She, the horse that is, is usually quite good-natured, and my daughter is very fond of her. Stephen is usually good with horses, so I am not sure why she would behave so. The son has done nothing wrong, but everyone must have noticed how swollen she is in the belly. If you feel here, you can feel her heartbeat. And then lower towards her stomach, you can feel another. Give me your hand, I can show you. Uh, oh, oh, yes. I do feel it. There now, girl. You're all right. My lord, she will give birth to her foal soon. I can keep her here and listen for her, help her if she's in distress. But she will not make the journey back in a timely manner. Father, we cannot simply go. Rhiannon will murder me if I leave her mare. Stephen, I leave this matter in your hands. You will not hear the end of this if you come back without your sister's mare. 
but we all smell of filth and I would like to sleep in my own bed this evening. Keep Ethan with you and return when Rhiannon's mare is fit to ride. Come along, Aidan. If it pleases you, Lord Stephen, there are two mats in the house for you and your guard. I can put a stew on after I set your mare in the stable with some fresh hay. What do you call her? It's, uh, Mebon. Well, I don't want to impose too much. I suppose my guard and I can bring back something suitable for a meal while you... Oh, you're done. <laughs> it's a small stable, and the last horse I shot here was a week ago. Most of the hay was still good. Come, let us eat, and then you may rest. And you? Where will you sleep? In the stable with my charge, of course. What do you mean Stephen hasn't come back with Mabon? Rhiannon, please. It will be fine. Remember how you said she'd been acting strangely, not letting you ride and pacing? She's going to have a foal. Oh! <laughs> how wonderful! Mabon's first child! What a delight! Oh! Oh! Goodness! If I'm this elated about a horse, imagine how it will be when I have grandchildren! Not likely, Mother. Prince Liam, whom you both chose, is by far the most odorous man I've ever met. I do believe you mean odious, Rhiannon. No, Aidan. Odorous. Really, he smells like he slept in a bog and ate manure. Not that he says much of value, and most of his worthy contributions to conversations are directly from his mother's lips. That is no way to speak of your future husband or Queen Maeve. Not if I have anything to say about it. What about the girl attending my horse? You said she's a blacksmith? And blind. But you would not have known save that she looked in your general direction rather than at you. And her eyes were very blue. Not pale, like other blind people have seen. How beastly! A woman blacksmith? She would be filthy every day, illiterate, obviously, and have no regard for the arts. Don't generalize, Mother. I should very much like to meet this Bria. Absolutely not. You already spend too much time sparring with your brothers, and you refuse to ride side-saddle. I will not have this girl corrupt you further. Mother, you are always saying how we should help those who are less fortunate than we, who more so than a blind orphan, forced to work in a man's task just to survive. We could invite her to the harvest feast. What? To uh, thank her. Should all go well with Mabin and her foal. Oh, Father, please. It would mean the world to me. Oh, Gwendolyn, will you please help your children see reason? Well, dear... It could be a good thing to bring her here. You are always complaining about how people do not respect you. How better to gain their respect by honouring their own. 
Well, I... Oh. Very well, then. Rhiannon, write to your brother, inviting the blacksmith to the feast. You may accompany Stephen with your horse and foal back to the keep and stay until the feast is over. Shouldn't we check on the lass? It's been hours. I will check on her. Uh, look for another blanket. She's probably freezing out there. Yes, my lord. Such a shame. What is? Such a pretty lass. Forced to do a man's labour. She probably doesn't know what a creature she is. Yes. Quite lovely. Uh, for a commoner. Right, she's lying down. Is that normal? Mm, yes, she's very uncomfortable, but that means she'll give birth any time now, so we must sit and wait. Can't you calm her? She seems like she's in terrible pain. A blanket for you, maid. It's a bit warmer in here than outside, but not by much. Well, I won't need it for me, but for the foal when it comes. My lord, do you think anyone can comfort another in labour? She can understand our words and that we're trying to help her, but she still screams in agony until her child is come. Now, imagine a mare who cannot understand what we're saying or doing. If you wish to try and comfort her, then keep your distance. Crowding her, or even touching her, would frighten her and possibly cause her to attack. And that could hurt her and her fall. Not to mention the people who are trying to help her. Point taken. So what can we do to assist other than keep our distance? Well, you can be my eyes. Her water broke not long before you came in. Let me know if you see who's coming out, or if Mabon starts putting her head down and closing her eyes. What, what would it mean if she does? That could mean that she's weak and giving up. We could lose both mare and foal. Tell us what to do because the hooves are coming out and her head is down. Ethan, hold her head up and try to keep her alert. As soon as I tell you, try to get her on her feet. Lord Stephen, you will need to get your hands dirty. I'm pulling out the foal. When it is out, you will need to dry it off and keep it My warm. Lord. He says, if something should go awry, we will have to answer to Rhiannon. Yes, sir. Good girl, that Mabon. Steady on. Be strong now. Steady. Come on, this Just one. Easy Be girl. ready. Steady Almost. Now. Almost. Now, get her up. Good girl. Come now. Almost there. Quickly, Stephen, warm him up while I clean his mouth and nose. He's not breathing yet. I'm trying. <sighs> See that, Mabon? You've got a little colt. Well, that was an adventure. But he's still not standing. He will. 
in his own time. Ethan, bring Mavon in to meet her son. He will need to feed and get to know his mother. We should all get some rest. It is nearly dawn. Uh, no rest for me, I'm afraid. I have to get the fires ready for the day's work. There are still a few villagers that have damaged tools from the last raid. It will be loud at first. But when my father used to work through the night, the hammering became a rhythm that sent me to sleep. We will see. Lord Stephen, a rider is approaching. Lord Stephen, a message from Lady Rhiannon. speak with you. My sister has asked me to invite you to the Harvest Festival, to stay at the keep until then as a token of gratitude for taking care of Mabon. A feast? I, well, I, uh, I'm honoured, but... There will be a lot of people there, and I am uh, far from presentable for court. I do not wish to seem ungrateful, but I have um, much work, yes, work to be done here. Hello, Bray. Oh, you up, darling? She is standing out here, is she not? Well, now, who got here before us? She said she would work on my wares first. Oh, calm yourself. They aren't here for me. Well, they are, but I've made sure that I'll work on your wares first. The metal is terribly twisted. What did you do to this? Now that is an interesting story. What happened with this boat? Oh, no. Don't you start or she'll never get to working. Cedric, will you, and Amy Bowling Pot... They've a crack or two on him from the last skirmish. Nothing fancy. Just make it so that they don't like. <laughs> All right, then. Cedric, did you need anything? Just bringing what's due for my tools. My wife made some bread, and she had a few blouses that she thought you could use. Now, what did you mean that these men are here for you? I recognize his lordship and the guard. Oh, the mare was pregnant... Had a healthy little colt not an hour or two ago. My sister has invited Bria to the harvest feast, but Bria says that she is too busy to come. Are you mad, darling? You should go. These are the last of the things that need repairing from the attack, and Gabriel's forge has been very slow this year. He could use the extra work, and you could use some time with a proper woman who could teach you how to be a lady. See? Now you have no reason to delay. We can wait a few days for the colt to gain strength and then set out. That is, if you think the colt can make the journey. I can see that none of you will let me work unless I agree to go. <sighs> Very well. If you need a time, tell them a week at the most, unless the colt becomes ill. 
Now will you kindly let me tend to my fire so that my home does not burn down? Do not be so hasty to return, child. Your father wanted much for you. For you to know his trade, but also for you to know rest and happiness. This may be an opportunity for you to do more than just mend pots and farmer's tools. Cedric, they... they won't understand me. Lord Stephen and his guard seem to. Lady Rhiannon is also said to be rather wild, and she has invited you to come to her home. It is a start. Brea, you will always be welcome in our village, but it seems that you are meant for greater things. You speak as if I should not come back. Only time will tell. Manage your fires. I will come back before sundown for the wares. Rhiannon is going to fall absolutely in love with you, little one. The white patch under your eyes certainly will help pick you out from a herd. You've grown so much in just three days. Maybon, we should breed you more often. He's a strong little lad. Lord Stephen, do you often talk to animals? Uh, why are you dripping wet and clean? There's a river a few yards north of here. Bria brought me there this morning to get some water. It's been so warm the past two days, I thought I would go wash and cool off. Come, my lord. I'll bring you there to get yourself clean. Strange that the colt has no name yet. And take the honour from Rhiannon? Absolutely not. Of course, she may let Bria name it. She was calling him Mingan when I passed the stable last night. She sat next to him, pointing out the stars, and nodded at me as I walked by. She must have keen hearing. I suppose so. Ah! Cool water! Perfect! We should not subject the colt to this heat tomorrow. We should leave early so that it will still be cool enough. Yes, my lord. Should I let Brea know? Yes. And then pack up anything that you can. Take my purse and purchase a cart from town that we can hitch Mabon up to with the colt. Yes, my lord. So, tomorrow it's back to the same old routine, listening to father drone on about trials of being a profitable leader, mother fussing about wedding preparations, Eden picking my brain for everything father taught me. I'd stay here if it was possible and bring Rhiannon. She and Bria would get along for certain. They're so different in some ways, but they would complement each other well. Oh, what am I saying? I cannot stay here. I wouldn't know where to begin starting a new life outside of the keep. All I know how to do is fight and negotiate. Going from the Duke's heir to a town leader is still a position I do not want. Perhaps I could learn to farm or something like that. Do you often talk to yourself, my lord? Ah! 
I, uh, well, the, the trees keep such good company. <laughs> no need to worry, my lord. I am truly blind. I came to bring you a dry blanket and to let you know that I already have a cart for you to use for the journey to the keep. Thank you. Bria, may I ask you a favour? If we are alone, will you call me Stephen? All this Lord, Sire, Milord nonsense has its place when around those that work for my family. But it should not be so with friends. Friends? Well, look, I mean, Stephen, why do you call me a friend? It, it's only that I haven't had any friends since I went blind. You're not afraid of me or being around me? Not at all. Your being blind perhaps helps you to better see people as they are. Something that Rhiannon is also good at. She obviously wants to meet you, otherwise she would not have sent the invitation. I will not fit in. I must seem so homely and dirty compared to those at court. When I was a child, I remember seeing a noble that came through town. And she had on the most vibrant coloured clothes I'd ever seen. So fine that the sunlight made it glisten. From the feel of your shirt... I think it's the same material. Fine and light. I'm sure my mother will enjoy dressing you so that you do not stick out so in court. And I will escort you when I can so that your blindness will not be so apparent if it makes you feel more comfortable. Wouldn't Lady Erin be offended? I doubt it. But how did you know that you were betrothed? Well, you are the Duke's eldest son. Almost anything that happens in the keep becomes news. It is not a marriage that either of us chose. We are trying to enjoy our lives until the wedding day. After that, we will try to endure one another as best we can. You make marriage sound like a prison sentence. If you are forced to marry, it is. We should get back. Ethan will be wondering where we are. Not to mention that swimming has made me quite hungry. Tomorrow we set out for Clear Keep, and my sister will probably be attached to your side as much as she can outside of her studies. She's not much older than you, but a woman who does a man's work will certainly be a fascination for her. She sounds a little terrifying. Only when you first meet her. Stephen and the blacksmith, Bria. Oh, Stephen, how could you keep us waiting with such a vague time for your arrival? Surely you could have been more precise? We had to make sure the colt was strong enough for the journey, Mother. And I trust Maybon is in good health as well? Yes, sir, and adapting to her new role very well, though she is slightly protective of the colt. She will not let any but Bria near him in Maybon's presence. Well, we shall have to change that. Where are the two now? In the stables, as they should be. Father, they are tired from their journey. Can we question them later? Come, Bray. I will show you to your room. Absolutely not. She may be Coleman, but she still is a young lady. You shall not go anywhere alone together. Rianon, show the girl to your servants' quarters and see if we have some... Oh, more appropriate attire for her. 
Of course, Mother. Excuse me, Father. Well, now that we are out of the room of formalities, you must tell me everything about who you are and what happened with Maybone. Could we slow down a little first, my lady? It takes me a little while to become accustomed to the surroundings. I need to count my steps between turns and such. Oh, of course. You cannot expect to get around by yourself unless you know where you are going. Oh, and please, call me Rhiannon when it is just the two of us, or even maybe when Stephen is around. That's very strange. Do you both not like your positions? Well, there are some things that our status prevents us from having. Like friends. Most people who remain in our company usually want something, or just wish to be near power. It either makes for a dull life with studies, court, and training, or a scary one with plots. What makes you think that I am different? For one thing, Stephen would not have dawdled so if he did not like you. You have asked for no payment for assisting Mabon in her cult. You look so uncomfortable here. You clearly want to go home, which means you have no desire for power. Speaking of the cult, if it pleases you, I have named him Mingan. He is very spirited. I thought the name fit him well. Hmm, Mingan. I could get used to it, and I hope you could get used to being here. These are my quarters, and yours are through there. Now, my mother will not allow you to present yourself with the clothes you are in, although I do like your skirt. Why do you have slits up to the knee? It gets very warm in the forge, and embers fly when I strike the hot metal. My skin has become used to the heat and the occasional burn, but were I to wear a full skirt, it would likely catch fire. It looks as though it would be useful when riding as well. Oh, yes, if you... well, if you straddle the horse. Oh, I do. Now where is that dress? A dress? Of course. That is what my mother meant by appropriate attire. Ah, here we are. A nice pale blue which will look lovely against your hair and with your eyes. It feels so fine. Are you sure you can't see through it? What will happen at this feast? Should I learn anything beforehand? Mostly it's a lot of dancing, eating, <laughs> and listening to the lords and ladies make fools of themselves. Where will I sit? Well, let me see. Most likely between Stephen and I. Oh, unless my mother wants you to sit next to her once you're cleaned up. I hope not. She's awfully frightening. We will see what happens. Not to worry. When it comes to nobles, I know how to get around conversations and the like. Stay with me and you should be fine. We are gathered tonight not only to celebrate the great harvest of the year, but also to honour a young woman who has given us a great gift. This person has overcome great difficulties to be proficient at her tasks. It is that skill that safely delivered my Rhiannon's beloved mare, Maybon, and a new colt, Mingan, back to us. Let us then toast to Brea, 
May your remaining senses lead you to a fulfilled life. What is wrong, Greer? Does the wine not agree with you? You look pale, even ill. No, everything is fine. I just feel like uh, it's so uh, difficult to explain. They're all, they're all just... You really don't look well. I must insist that you come with me outside. Yes, that would be wonderful. I, I need some air just to breathe. Breathe. Excuse us, Father. We're going to get some air. Very good. Oh, if you see Stephen, tell him that his lady Erin is here and he should dance with her. Yes, my lord father. Oh, Rhiannon, have you seen Stephen? Hmm, no, Lady Erin, I haven't seen him for a while yet. Will you tell him I am looking for him? When I see him. There you go. Breathe a little. What happened in there? You looked as though you would faint. I think it was just the heat. I should be fine in a few minutes. There you are. Prince Liam has come all this way to spend the festival with you. And you've been ignoring him. Mother, not now. Please, Brea is... Perfectly capable of handling herself. She has been here for almost a week now. She knows how to get from one place to another. Now, do not keep the prince waiting. I will be right there. I'm sorry. I will be back soon. Don't worry. I'm fine. All I needed was some air. I should be in shortly, and if not, I I will go back to your room. You are a horrible liar. What? I... I didn't hear you, my lord. I mean, Stephen. Lady Erin is looking for you, and how do you know I'm lying? I will find her later, and you play with your fingers behind your back. Do you want to tell me what is truly wrong? Um, after your father spoke, all I felt were eyes on me. Then, when the talking resumed, that's all I heard. They were all talking... About me. Some questions, some making accusations, some men were talking about my dress. You shouldn't worry about the dress. You look fine. I feel naked. Judged by people who know nothing about me. Rhiannon kept whispering that all would be well, but all I could hear were the other voices. Here. Here under the stars I can just be. Listening to the wind, the fire, the horses and my own heart. Not worrying about some false conversations with false people or or having to refuse to dance. You do not dance? It's a little difficult when you cannot see your own feet or the person you are dancing with. You do not dance? Well then, we must show you something that you can do. Father, honoured guests, I went to find our guest of honour, Brea, to request a dance. 
to which I was informed that she is unable to do so, as she cannot see. Please let go, you're hurting me. What are you doing? Oh, hush, this will be fun. Therefore, if it pleases your father, I suggest a game of skill. A test of masters to see who among us is the best of blacksmiths, as this is Breyer's profession. The winner shall become the blacksmith for the family clan. Yes, Aiden, a wonderful entertainment. Let us gather the skilled among us and let the games begin. Aiden, what are you up to? Before we begin, there are some standards that need to be set out. Rhiannon, First, please refrain from any Stephen to show me around the forge. I could do it. Were you not in a full dress, I would ask you. So but I don't want you to catch fire. Hmm, yes, that would be a terrible way to start our friendship. I'll go get him. Second, the goal for the contestants is to be fast, efficient, and artistic. You shall be finishing and accentuating a I'm nice here. short sword. Which Take my arm and let me know if we go too fast. It looks like a mirror image of your forge, but larger. So if we're, your forge was here on the left, it is now on the right. Is the water on the right or the left of the forge? Right. And the anvil is one, two, three, five steps behind you. Your tools have been laid out here. Is there anything else you need to know? I need to know what will happen if I lose. Will you tell Rhiannon thank you for all her help? You both have been so kind to me. I will see what now I can do. the masters are at their stations, it will be a few hours until they finish and the souls are cool enough to use. So let us continue to celebrate while they complete their works. Masters, begin! This is ridiculous, Aiden. Why should Brea have to subject herself to this? It's all in good fun, and besides, you think she's pleasant. Why then should we not give her an opportunity to stay? And if she does not want to stay, she will be hanged for insubordination. Captain Mayton, you would be getting rid of the blacksmith who has served us faithfully for years. How is she? Nervous. She does not know how many masters there are, nor does she know the consequences if she loses. All the more reason for her to try to win. In essence, it will just be her and our blacksmith. But it is so loud in the forge that she should only be able to hear herself. I don't see why you two are so against it. You just want her to stay because she is entertaining, and something for you to stare at without her knowing it. And it would be a good sport. I need something to occupy my time, since Father refuses to teach me anything. And all you do, Stephen, is give me brief summaries of what you've learned. Lady Rhiannon, Bria is asking for you. I shall be there shortly. But try to talk some sense into him. This is a ridiculous game. Did you find out anything? Aiden probably discussed the consequences with Father, but he isn't telling me or Stephen. 
The only thing that is left for you to do is simply do what you are best at. Right. Concentrate on my strikes alone. The sound of my metal alone. so long. It has been nearly three hours. I am sure your little friend is doing the best she can. After all, someone would have noticed that there was a girl on fire. <laughs> as amusing as it may seem to you, your highness, I see nothing to laugh about. But our blacksmith has not returned either. The masters have completed their works. Approach. Guard Ethan. Yes, my lord. You have selected two of your guards to use these instruments in a demonstration? Yes, my lord. Then compare these two swords in balance and construction and deliver your analysis out loud. After which, your men will use them in battle. Very well, my lord. This sword is that of the Clare family blacksmith, James. The hilt is balanced and the lines are clean. He has sharpened both edges and made indents on the grip to form to his hand. It may not fit a larger man's hand, but it would be comfortable for most. Its shape is also pleasing to the eye, with a slight leaf blade. And now the maiden's blade. This is also balanced, and the lines are clean. There are variances in the blade that make it effective in hunting or battle. The grip is simple, with large holds at the cross guard and under the pommel, the pommel is also larger, no doubt to keep from slipping from one's hand. There is also some artistry along the central ridge. Lady Gwendolyn, whom do you deem to be the victor in appearances? Hmm. Both blades show remarkable skill, but the details on Bria's blade cannot be overlooked. Therefore, I choose Bria as the victor for appearance. Well done, maid. But how did you do it without your sight? The same way you thought to make yours into a leaf blade. I saw it in my mind first. My gloves protect me from burns, but they're thin enough that I can feel what I've done once I quench the metal. Now let us excuse the masters, and let them rest as we see the demonstration of their works. Father, may I join Brea? Of course not. You will stay and enjoy your fiancé's company. Oh, let the prince enjoy this without having to entertain his intended as well. Rhiannon, you may go.
I don't know what will happen. I have three children and a wife here. If we are forced out, where will I go? You don't know if they will choose your blade or mine. Mine was more pleasing to the eye, but yours could be study and battle. I did not have a chance to examine it. As a matter of interest, why did you make it with those edges like a knife? Our village is not very well off. We have very little to begin with. Therefore, our tools need to have more than one purpose, if possible. I suppose I saw the sword as something one of my neighbors would use, not only to defend themselves, but also to hunt or cut with. May I join you both? I am actually going off to get some drink. Until this trial is over, my mind will not let my body rest. I beg your leave, my lady. Very good, James. And know that I think your weapon was very pleasing as well. You are very kind, my lady. Brea, how are you holding up? I still feel the heat of the fire on my face. My ears still ring with the flames and the metal. Why did you not tell me there was only one other? Aiden made Stephen and I swear not to tell. He thought because you thought there were more, that there was more at stake. What will happen to James if I win? He will likely be forced to leave Clare Keep. But that isn't right. He and his fathers have served your family for four generations. How can you... I don't want to force him out. I know what he and his family have done for mine. His wife was my nurse when I was younger, and I am very fond of all of them. You really do not have to tell me how unjust it is. But I do not make the rules. And should I win... And refuse to stay. I will be hanged? Yes. Blacksmiths to the Great Hall. A champion has been chosen. A master has been selected as the champion of this game. You both should know that each sword held up very well in the demonstration. However, it was the larger pommel on Brea's blade that allowed her fighter to keep fighting and became victorious. Congratulations, maid. You shall now be the official blacksmith for the keep. Guard, tell the current blacksmith he should have all of his affairs in order and leave by the end of the week. As you wish, my lord. My lord, wait, please. Oh, Freya, don't. Please, Lord Frodrick, I beg you. I know it is not my place, but do not send James away. I have much more that I can learn from him. I shall speak to you privately, girl. Stephen, Gwendolyn, come with me. What do you mean by interjecting so in front of the entire court? How much of a fool do you take me for? Forgive me, my lord. I know I am out of place, but you would have been more the fool had I not. And what makes you think that? I may be blind, your graces, but my hearing is very keen. People were whispering as you spoke, saying it was favouritism that she selected me, and some of the guards were saying they would not wear my armour. Is that so? Yes, my lord. And furthermore, I spoke the truth when I said that I have much yet that I can learn from James. He knows how to create fitted armor and has more experience with weaponry. 
I've never worked on armor in my life, and I am more suited to detailed work, as her ladyship stated. Things like common tools, hinges, buckets, and so on. I've even been asked to repair a chandelier once. Dearest, I believe that she may be right. Keeping two smiths on hand might be better. Have Bria for the repair and the tools for the keep, and keep James on for your guards. We usually have extra at our meals. She is smaller than Rhiannon, so she can have some of her old clothes and continue to stay in her ladies' maid chambers. Having considered some of the factors that you and my family have presented, I will keep you and James as smithies for the keep. You shall maintain any and all tools for the keep and then assist James in armour and sword crafting. Is that understood? You will not regret this, my lord. And no more outbursts like that again. If you feel that you hear something of importance, tell Rhiannon for her to relay to me. Stephen, go inform James of the circumstances such as they are. My lady, Bria, let us return to the festivities. how you burst out in front of the entire court. And here I thought you were so quiet. It needed to be done. I couldn't stand the thought of putting James out into the cold. He seemed like such a nice man. Speaking of men, was that Prince Liam who smelled like he'd walked through a pigsty? So I'm not the only one who thinks so. Thank goodness. My mother is so overjoyed that I will be queen one day. She speaks of little oaths other than Stephen's wedding plans. Does she not know that talk like that would make you a target for kidnapping, or worse? Um, it already has. What is it? Is something written on that paper you picked up? You shall not have him. You will never marry. Your blood will coat your wedding dress. You, you shall not live to be queen. Who would have gotten in here to write this? Freya, do you hear anyone else in here? No. Stargazers, Episode 1, Forged by Fate Created by Laura Fischette Written and edited by Laura Fischette and Gwendolyn Jensen Widdard Produced by Laura Fischette Starring Gwendolyn Jensen Widdard as Rhiannon Laura Fischette as Bria Paul W. Campbell as Stephen Ronnie Rollins as Aidan Michael Hudson as Duke Frederick Clare, Ara Pelodi as Duchess Gwendolyn Clare, Mark Kalita as Cedric, Nick Pendleton as Guard Ethan, Alex Gilmore as Brian, Carl Kubich as James, Gareth Bowley as Prince Liam. Ladies, don't do those things. I know they don't, but then dragonettes do. Stay hidden till nightfall, and I'll come for you. And when he awoke, missing mother and I, he never did think to look up to the 
sky What had married him he never knew Stefiana Lintonborn as Lady Erin Jeff Sarnik as Marcus Pitcher Blake Leslie as Finnis Hagwood Terry Cooper as Ryder Special thanks to Jim Smagada and the students of Theatre Erendale. Now the circle grows stronger as time rushes by For the centuries pass in the blink of an eye So my sisters and I saw the kings come and go Till a queen came to power it was worthy to To glean information as travelers unseen The men of her cabinet were shocked and appalled And spluttered and stalled Saying, ladies, don't do those things Ah, no, they don't, but then little birds do I suppose you'd say that to Elizabeth, too Well, she never resented the help that we gave Perhaps you'd have rather seen England enslaved allies that you never knew Music provided by Kevin MacLeod at Incomputech.com Howl O at Howl-O.com And Ladies Don't Do These Things by Vixentoni at Vixentoni.com slash music Now in lifetimes you see we all wed now and then So to blend unsuspected among Pleasures unknown, twas still a rare woman could live on her own. He was decent enough, but society bred with ideas of obedient wives in his head. I go out unescorted to visit my kin, as my husband's before him said, Ladies, don't do those things. I ah, know they don't, but then summer winds can. Stargazers is copyright to Gypsy Audio 2009 and is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. of the night i strike warm blood cold and keep peasants inside at night i am evil i am unstoppable oh shut up all right you talk too much <coughs> see stoppable you cannot didn't i tell you to stop talking you are in my thrall. And you're getting in my eyes. Stay down. You cannot keep me down. 
especially in the past. Join us at www.gypsyaudio.org for our horrifying production of Dracula from the 1938 Orson Welles radio play. You've just heard Laura Frechette as Buffy Summers and Alex Gilmore as Dracula. We do not own Dracula, nor do we claim any ownership of Buffy Summers, which belongs to Joss Whedon and Fox. This is for entertainment purposes, 2009. Coming soon to Gypsy Audio. I attribute it to the superior quality of the wine, sir. I have often observed that in married households, the champagne is rarely of a first-rate brand. Good heavens! Is marriage so demoralizing as that? I believe it is a very pleasant state, sir. I have had very little experience of it myself up to the present, as I have only been married once. That was in consequence of a misunderstanding between myself and a young woman. Oscar Wilde Immortal Play, The Importance of Being Earnest. Adapted for radio by Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Oh, it is absurd to have a hard and fast rule about what one should read and what one shouldn't. More than half of modern culture depends on what one shouldn't read. A story about dual identities used to escape unwelcome social obligations. My own Ernest. But you don't really mean to say that you couldn't love me if my name wasn't Ernest. But your name is Ernest. Yes, I know it is. But supposing it was something else, do you mean to say you couldn't love me Ah, then? That is clearly a metaphysical speculation. And like most metaphysical speculations, has very little reference at all to the actual facts of real life as we know them. Personally, darling, to speak quite candidly, I don't much care about the name of Ernest. I don't think the name suits me at all. It suits you perfectly. It is a divine name. It has music of its own. It produces vibrations. Well, really, Gwendolen, I must say that I think there are lots of other much nicer names. I think Jack, for instance, a charming name. Jack? No, there is very little music in the name of Jack, if any at all indeed. It does not thrill. It produces absolutely no vibrations. I have known several Jacks, and they all, without exception, were more than usually plain. Besides, Jack is a notorious domesticity for John. And I pity any woman who is married to a man called John. She would probably never be allowed to know the entrancing pleasure of a single moment's solitude. The only really safe name is Ernest. Visit www.gypsyaudio.org 